Hey guys, Athena here. I'm hoping you're all surviving this coronavirus lockdown. Hopefully me and Ken can relieve some of the boredom and just monotony of being locked in the house with the social distancing. We've got a fun little episode coming up for you. And this Thursday, we're going to have a bonus episode, which is going to start my searching of the Emerald Triangle and all the vanished people. So don't forget to check it out. And I hope everybody's staying sane, all locked up. I hope you guys got all your supplies. And a lot of people haven't thought about it, but try to get a first aid kit together. And in my first aid kit, what I like to have is a lot of 4x4 gauze, a lot of roll gauze, betadine or chlorhexidine, some neosporin, definitely some Tylenol, ibuprofen, just some sort of like a pain reliever, and some saline. Don't forget the gloves, some sort of bandage scissors, and some bandage tape. Now those are just the basics of a first aid kit. Uh, put whatever else you think is necessary, but those are just what you should kind of have as the meat of it. And keep it handy. You never know when you're going to need it. Maybe add some lighters in there too. But enjoy this episode and don't forget to tune in on Thursday for the bonus episode. Thanks guys. Enjoy. Are you Oh, what's going on is Vanished in the Valley is back for another episode. Oh, that's what's up. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> Pretty do it. Pretty much. Okay, so um, I last time said we were going to try to find somebody in Humboldt because I had some connections up there. Okay. But as I was looking around, this guy in Mendocino caught my eye. And lo and behold, it's a crazy case. And I don't think he's missing. I think he was killed by the dun-dun-dun best friend. Oh, hell. <laughs> the best friend murdered him, in my opinion. But, okay. you know, I'm just an asshole with a podcast. Yeah, you're opinion. Yes. What brought you to that conclusion? Well, let me tell you the story of Thomas Thurston and his last days okay. around. Mm-hmm. So, back in 2005, he's young. He's like 19 years old. And he's married with two kids already. So... His wife, they had been together for like four years at that point, and he was like the house husband. The wife worked. So um, his friend basically, and his friend is going to remain nameless this whole story. We can't say his name. Privacy reasons, I guess. I don't know. So the husband and wife used to hang out a lot together. They went shooting, they went hiking and camping um, on this place called Cow Mountain. As often as three times a week. Oh, so shit. that sounds like that was like their place to go. Or Abbott something. Hunters, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like kayaking and all that fun stuff. I would be there too. I love kayaking. Mm. And if you're like right around the corner from somewhere you can go. Although I'd probably get killed. Well, oh, my goodness. Every time I go, I almost get killed. Mm-hmm. No joke, you guys. Oh, yeah, okay. Yes, I'm t- okay. <laughs> Life jackets, they save lives. <laughs> So, uh, first time I'm ever kayaking, it's hella cold outside, it's like 50 degrees, and we're in this, like, swollen river slash creek or something, and there's debris everywhere, and the current is crazy, 
And so I'm going along. It's all good. It's my first time. I'm, you know, sightseeing. And then all of a sudden I get flipped out of it. Head first into fucking hella cold freezing water that's so cold it sucks the breath out of you. Like, you can't even think. And... I get my head up, I get a, you know, I gulp air down, and I can feel the current sucking me under. I can feel the branches down there, and I'm a strong-ass swimmer. I learned to swim before I could walk, and this would have taken me down in a second if I wasn't wearing a life jacket. I cannot stress how important a life jacket is, even when you think it's not, on a little kayaking trip. So, needless to say, I got out and had to strip all my clothes off and sit there, and it took about six hours to get my core temperature back up. Shit. Yeah, so life jackets. Mm-hmm. But anyways, these guys knew what was up. They'd go kayaking, camping, hiking, shooting, all of that stuff. So, it sounds like they were, you know, a cool, loving couple together four years. So, that's they were young. They were oh, like 15 wow. when they got together. Oh, wow. High school sweethearts. Oh. <laughs> How sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess his friend decided to call him up and see if he wanted to go camping. And they both agreed. He left his house around 9 o'clock on Saturday, November 5th. And this is 2005 we're talking about. And he told his wife he'd be back home in the morning because she wanted to go to Denny's. So, fast forward a little bit to 2 a.m. on Sunday, November 6th. So, they made it to the campground, set up yeah. camp. So, yeah, the prince says they get to the campground, everything's all good. They turn in, you know, make up their tent, sleeping bags, all that fun stuff, and they go to bed. And around 2 o'clock in the morning, he says he was awoken by Tom trying to borrow a flashlight so he could go to the restroom. So, um, <clears throat> apparently, the friend just goes back to sleep, which, you know, that's normal. Yeah, exactly. Goes back to sleep, but then... All of a sudden, he opens his eyes, and there's, like, cracks of light coming in through the tent, and he senses he's alone, and he looks around, and he's right. His friend is not there still. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, gets up, he goes out, and he searches the camp. He looks everywhere for him. He spends a few hours, he said, looking for his oh, friend. Oh, okay. Can't find him. So, he ends up breaking down camp and leaving a soda and some crackers, in case he came back and was hungry. Maybe he, you know, went on a hike or something crazy. Yeah. So the friend packs everything up and gets to where he has reception and he calls the family. At this point, he's trying to let everybody know there's some weird stuff going on. Uh The police end up showing up, too. So at this point, we got 36 searchers on Cow Mountain and the nearby Red Mountain. Okay. And it starts raining, of course. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) What's a missing person case? Can't be the woods without rain. (laughs) So it starts raining, and obviously that is going to make it so it's much harder for the searchers. It could, like, get rid of evidence, like footprints. Yeah, yeah, right? And if there was dogs, I wonder if that messed the scent up. Anyway, so, yeah, the searchers don't find anything. But it starts raining so hard that it's cutting the visibility to 35 yards. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's, like, nothing. Yeah, Yeah. So I think at that point... They're just like, we can't do anything right now. This weather's crazy. But they did note one strange thing. Okay. Want to hear this? This is what makes me think the best friend did it. Go ahead. So Tom was a chain smoker. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we discussed that. So they didn't find one cigarette butt in that campsite. Where did all the cigarette butts go? 
He sure as hell wasn't like putting them in a bag and saving them for later. They stink. And he was like notorious for being really bad about just like having them all over the ground. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was just like, did Tom ever even make it to Cow Mountain to go camping with his friend? So I don't know. That, yeah, right there. suspect, to say the least. But. Uh, in Tom's friend's defense, he took a polygraph test and he did pass it. Oh, okay. Well, so, I mean, I don't know how much that really means, though. I mean, because you can't beat those, yeah. apparently. It's, yeah, it's not testing if you're lying. It's testing uh, if you're anxious. Uh, Some, something like that. The searchers did find the soda can at the campsite. And oh, wow. okay. they said the campsite had been used. Um, his wife would spend entire days in a personal search on Cow Mountain. She discovered oh, wow. that one ranch adjacent to Red Mountain had security cameras that might have picked him up. And the Mendocino sheriffs promised to view the footage as a last resort. Oh, wow. Like, what does that mean? Like, why would that be a last resort? Wouldn't that be a first resort? Yeah, you would think. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Are they going to get in trouble for using it? I just, I don't know. That sounded super weird to me. Yeah, and this, this is a weird little twist of events. Uh, <laughs> Tom's wife's Jeep got stolen right after, like two days after this. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then it was recovered on December 17th. Are the the wife and the best friend in cahoots? Uh, it's a possibility. It's possible. So what I think I want to do, I think I want to dig. <laughs> this, I don't. I, I don't think he's missing. I think he got killed, and I don't think he ever like. I don't think the story is true. This is not yeah, what happened. Yeah, the lineup don't seem cohesive. Yeah. Unless he got abducted by a UFO. Even the UFO, where are the cigarette butts? <laughs> As an ex-smoker, I switched to Jewel, guys. I recommend that to anyone that's smoking. You can do it. I smoked for 24 years, like at least a pack a day. And one morning I woke up and was like, this is nasty. I'm going to stop. So I went to Jewel. And for about a week, it sucked. It was hard. And I wanted a cigarette. But now I love my Jewel. I don't even want the cigarettes anymore. Um, So do it, guys. It's great. But yeah, as an ex-smoker, when you're camping, like it's great to sit by the campfire and smoke cigarettes. And... You know, I've done the same thing. You just kind of flick your cigarette on the ground. At the end of the trip, I'd always clean it up. But <laughs> they should have found... Something more than just a can of them. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. So I think I need to dig. <laughs> I'm going to go digging. <laughs> digging for gold. <laughs> yeah, so I heard you were, you found a kind of interesting case out of Bakersfield, right? Yes. Uh, 12-year-old and a 16-year-old went missing and they've been missing for six months now what so yeah we need to uh, shine some light on that what do the police say uh the police just have them as missing a uh, runaway what runaways for yeah, six months they got them on the status as runaway so uh. i uh, do not believe a 12 year old would be missing for six months not voluntarily you know, yeah so it would be kind of hard to they're Unless you're staying too. somewhere and not moving at all. Yeah, they're super you know, pretty. Yeah, and they yeah. look young. A 12 and a 16-year-old, that's going to be like gold for those sex Man, traffickers. Wow, we hope that's not the case. But, I know, right? You know, oh, at wow. this point, six months in, it doesn't look... That's horrible. 
So that's basically all the information. They were just hanging out one day and vanished, and the police uh, were like, yeah, the runaways? Yeah, that's all they got. Yeah, last seen a couple of days before Halloween. So this is uh, oh. tie into my yeah? Luciferian theory, hopefully. Perhaps. Uh, and I heard you might have some leads on the Luciferian Yeah, event. one of our uh, oh. Ashton Valley uh, listeners mm-hmm. is, uh, made contact and said she might have some pertinent nice. information for us. That's what's so they up. They all tie into each other, so... Good. Uh, well, that's yeah, right. And if anybody listening now has information, Ken is trying oh, yeah, to absolutely. dig yeah, into. Oh yeah, we're trying to establish some patterns. Uh huh. Look into this Luciferian uh, angle. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's so many, we're thinking they they might be in, involved in like yeah, a nice percentage yeah, of them. Yeah, they might be in cahoots with mm. a large percentage of these missing cases. That's crazy. I don't know. Like, I, I told you, I'm not sold yet on this whole uh, Luciferian thing, <laughs> but I'm keeping an open mind. That's right. There you go. There you go. I'm trying. So, but, I, you know, I did tease you guys. I did say I was going to do a case out of Humboldt County, and I ended up going to Mendocino County. But don't worry. Oh, yeah. I do have a little tidbit about Humboldt here. Oh, that's what's up. So, check this out. It's kind of creepy, too. Oh, I'm going to tell you the story of one of the oldest unidentified cases in the county. Oh, wow. Okay, and we're talking about Humboldt here. So, it's two kids, a boy and a girl, 14 wow. and 13 years old. Oh, They're not related. Okay were found murdered by the police in December 1978. Oh, wow. The crazy thing is, nobody ever reported anybody missing. No kids oh, that wow. age. Yeah, oh, nobody wow. ever claimed their bodies. Yeah, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, both of them had light brown hair, and they did find a pierced ear hoop earring ornamented with a small carved bird. Oh, wow. um, they were duct taped. Like, oh. not the earrings, the kids. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, like, some crazy person just, like, kidnapped them and did whatever, duct-tied them, and then just uh-huh. murdered them. I would be surprised. Yeah, because all the police found were scattered skeletal remains. So, yeah, yeah it was just bones at this point when they found them. Oh, I think the animals man. had yeah, scattered it. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess the, the, all the remains were found in a steep terrain just off Highway 20, which is uh, 13 miles west of Willits. Willits. Uh, yeah, and that was... Oh, I said the date wrong earlier. They found the bodies, uh, or the bones, Sunday, July 8th, 1979. Okay, 1979. Okay. But how did two kids that age go missing and nobody reports them? Yeah, really. Ever. For real. It's like an open, it's like basically their oldest wow. open case. It's, oh, wow. I'm like perplexed by that. And I just, I read that. I'm like, how did two children just, I mean, were they cousins? Were they boyfriend and girlfriend? So many questions. Oh. And I wonder, could they take DNA and do like that family DNA thing? Like, oh. you know what I'm talking oh, about? possible, yeah. I wonder why they don't do that. Yeah, well, it might be something we want to try to find out. Maybe, yeah, maybe I should call them and be like, dude, you guys, get on the little ball here. Seems like a lot of law enforcement are starting to do that after the Golden State Killer case. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that I thought that was interesting. But if anybody knows anything about that weird old case, you're supposed to contact the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office. And um, I don't know if you can do that anonymously, but 
I don't know, try? I think you can. I think anonymity is available to you. I just wouldn't call. If I wanted to be anonymous calling the police, I wouldn't call from my own phone. Oh, yeah, definitely with a blocking number. Yeah, yeah. You think that works if you just do the blocking thing? Uh, don't tell anyone because you call the police right? department. Right, that's what I'd be afraid of. It's possible. Yeah, so, I don't know. You guys, if you know anything about any of our cases, which is Carissa, Carly, Heather, and now Tom, Thomas Thurston, if you know anything about these kids, let us know. They're missing still. Their families want answers and justice. That's right. So, I don't know, guys. Let us... uh, let us get some more stuff together for you for next week. Ken has a couple uh, missing girls like he was telling oh, you about. Yeah, we're going to highlight them. Super young. Crazy. And that, yeah, that 12-year-old, isn't that like right in the sex trafficking age yeah, we were talking still, about? Yeah. It's like 12 yeah. to 13 or something. That's like the, the preferred age or something. Why? Do you think that is? I have no idea. That's so Probably weird. Probably because you haven't reached puberty yet. Huh? Oh, that's so horrible. Yeah, thinking about it is sad. Oh, it kills me. These poor kids. Well, I hope they all get found. Hey, Kenny. Hi, what's going on with you? <laughs> it is PSA time. For the year 2018, the number of cases of individuals under 18 was 424,066 cases. Of what? And of that, of missing persons under the age of 18. Oh, wow. And 30 Oh, my God. Wait, how much was that? 400,000? What? 424,066. Oh, my God. Just under missing the kids. Under age of 18. Oh, my God. And blacks made up 37% of that at 156,984 cases. That seems like a lot compared to... That do number here wow. for the population. Now, blacks only make up 14% of the U.S. population. Right, that's why, yeah. So that's why that number seems so ridiculously high. That's crazy. And What's the going sad on there? point about it is only one-fifth of those cases reported are covered by any news outlets. What? So, yeah, this and that. I'm not so, surprised. We were just saying, you have to be a pretty cute, yeah, white, rich yeah, girl yeah, to get yeah. news. Yeah, you have to have some affluence. Yeah, money. You have to be affluent to get the, the proper... <sighs> it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, that's so sad that it is. But wow. So why do you think there's so many more black kids missing than other races? I'm not sure. Now, I know, you know, I think uh, from my understanding, the black market, uh, uh, blacks are... But uh, they get you more money, apparently. Than yeah. what? Than, uh, than the other races because of the oh. melanin count. So it's something with the melanin in the skin that, you know. And for those the organs? That's the, yeah, for those that's in the organ huh. trade. You know, because somewhere they had a whole list of what you can get per organ if you black as opposed to white or Asian. That is, okay, in China, this guy illegally sold one of his kidneys for an iPhone a couple of years ago. Oh, my God, for an iPhone. For an iPhone. Good Lord. Yeah, I think he's on kidney failure now at this point. I'm oh, shit, well, he deserved that. <laughs> yeah. He did that shit. <laughs> for an <laughs> iPhone. Oh, my God. What but, yeah, that hell? actually happened. So if there's somebody willing to trade a kidney for an iPhone, there's going to be somebody willing to drug a person, yeah, kill them, yeah. and take their organs. Yeah, no, I heard mean, it was quite lucrative. It's got to be. To a type of person that want to kidnap and 
you know, dismember a person. That's like, yeah, I mean, that's life for somebody. Say somebody needs a heart transplant. I bet if they had money, they would be willing to pay. Yeah, but then we need to look up that because I heard they, it was a warehouse that got uh, raided, and apparently it was a bunch of freezers in there with loads and loads of body parts. Yeah, what, uh, what state? Uh, I'm not sure. I had to look. I think it was down in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> yeah, down in Florida. <laughs> Wow, that's that's just like, I can't even believe that. I mean, I can believe it because people suck, but jeez. I mean, I get it, though. Organs are like life or death. Yeah, you got all these companies experimenting and need this raw material. Yeah. And they're paying people to go out there and harvest it. So, yeah, that's sad. So that might tie into uh, the amount of uh, missing cases in uh, the D.C., Baltimore area. Oh. Where a lot of blacks has uh, been reported missing. Really? So we need to, might need to do a segment on that. For sure. Although that's kind of out on. of our scope. We usually only do California, but I guess we could yeah. do something special. Yeah. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm still on these, like, stealing body parts thing. That's yeah. just like... Yeah, well, yeah. I think if more people became donors, uh, then maybe that problem would go away. Somebody. I don't know. More people need to donate. It saved my mom's life, and yeah. if more people donated, we would maybe get this black market out yeah, of the world. You know I mean, but especially if you're passing on or you die. Yeah, exactly. You should have all that your organs should go on and help benefit somebody that's living. Exactly. My mom yeah. got the kidney and pancreas of a yeah. 17-year-old girl that had been hit by a fire truck. Yeah. Thank and it God. saved her life. I mean, in her case, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, donate your organs. Yeah, definitely, y'all. That's like your double bit. Yeah, if you pass it on, what what, what good you got for them? Exactly. So if somebody else can use them and, you know. Save their life. Yeah, it can help improve the quality of their life. Yeah, and snuff out the black market for it. Yeah, we can undermine this black market. Yeah, that's cool. Organ trade. Well, that's some good info. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Well, guys, check it out and make sure you check that box on your driver's license thing to yeah, donate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that <laughs> box on your driver's license. And don't forget your pepper spray. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and always be aware of your surroundings. Exactly. Yeah, let's see. Be aware of your surroundings yeah. and get that pepper spray it's going. Key. Awareness is key. Absolutely. All right, guys. Till next time. Everyone, cheat. Ciao, ciao. And we're back from my little break there. Check this out, guys. I should have said this at the top of the episode. We got our website together. Ah, Finally, it is up. up. Vanishedinthevalley.com. So right now, it's totally under work. But coming soon, we're going to have a paid subscription area. We're going to have some merchandise for you guys. Yep. Um, I got some shirt ideas. Nah, I, <laughs> I got to look into the legalities yeah. of shipping pepper spray because I want to arm everyone with pepper spray. Nah, <laughs> just if you get it, just make nah, sure you practice. Nah. That's what I'm saying. You don't want the first time ever using yeah, pepper spray as an emergency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that. Get acquainted with it beforehand. Yes. Definitely. Exactly. So, yeah, guys, go check it out. Um, but like I said, it's under construction still. So, yeah, it's it's yeah there's misspelling stuff it's it's total mm. shit show at this point yeah. um but yeah you guys thank you for listening our downloads have been great i've been featuring a bunch of cities uh i think the last one was a little rock arkansas wow, that's a lot of little rock yeah.
So I wanted to tell you guys, I was ranting a couple episodes ago about how I wish how all the police departments and sheriff's office had one system that they all used with the FBI. Yeah, one central database. Yeah, they have one that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Um, but the problem is, like, once these pol- the law enforcement submit the missing person cases to the FBI, the FBI then goes and handpicks which ones uh, I guess under some certain criteria that is going to actually go in there. So if you were to look at, say, Humboldt County Sheriff's missing list and check that against the FBI's missing list, there's going to be people on... one that ain't on the other. Exactly. So that's making it hella confusing. It doesn't need to be that way. Why can't we just have one huge main system yes with everyone no matter what the circumstances no matter if the police say they were run away or maybe they were out swimming one day and got lost at sea who knows we just need one database though i think that would make things a little bit easier Um, and then i was thinking since every single family that we've talked to has big problems with the way the police handled the whole case and treated them We need to figure out something to make it so the process between the police and the families is easier. On both parties, because both of them have a heart. What a universal Something, like protocols, yeah. Something like that. Just because everyone feels like they're being left behind and nobody nobody seems to know what is going on, say what the police are doing or what the family is feeling. Oh, wow. So, yeah, maybe like what you said, if there was universal protocols, you know, it's the same if you were to go from Alameda County to Humboldt County. They're going to yeah. investigate it the same the way. Same way exactly. And that way, maybe people would, have, you know, what know what to expect um, and wouldn't have crazy expectations that the police are going to actually call them every day exactly. and work their case, you know, eight hours a day endlessly until your person is found. Because that just doesn't happen. There isn't no. enough time and money for yeah, them to do that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe uh, we should get like a family, a missing families bill of rights together. Or create a petition for it. Yeah. Well, first got to come up with something like what should be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and put it out for the Vanished in the Valley crew to see it and see what they uh, think. Get it, yeah, get some missing families involved and say what they mm-hmm. see. So... I don't know. Something's got to change, though. We can't yeah, do it. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. These people are already going through the worst time in their lives. Let's not compound oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely make it easier. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Of course. I would go crazy. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. Like, I remember I lost my dog once, and I was like so devastated. Like, that's yeah. all I could think about. Oh, I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep, and that's my doggy. I mean, I love yeah. my dog like a kid, but. You know? So, yeah, I'm sure a kid is just, like, next level yeah, next horrible. Level, exactly. I was at Wits Inn when Primo yeah. got out the gate. We didn't right. know who he was for a few moments. So yeah. He was across the street canoodling with the other female dog. Oh, and how surprising. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you guys, we need to come up with a bill of rights for the uh, families of the missing. I think yeah. that's something we should think of. So if you guys have any yeah, ideas, any like, idea. what what should be, like, the meat of this, like, the basics that people should expect from the police, let's try to do that and get it up yeah. to Sacramento and get laws changed. Yeah, definitely. Let's do something. Let's have some kind of impact. Yeah. Direct impact on the situation. Maybe, hopefully, it'll make this process a little bit easier for yeah. the families. Yeah, definitely. That's just horrible.
But that's all I've got to say about that. It's got to be horrible, not knowing what your child is. Yeah. Especially if they were very young. Yeah, and then you're you're expecting one thing from the police, but then they seem nonchalant to you, and then they don't call you back, or, you know, just whatever happens, happens. So as long as everybody's getting a realistic idea of what is expected. Mm. Um, So let's get that together. Let's call it the Bill of Rights of the Missing families, yeah, or uh, the Bill of Rights for the family of the missing? Uh, yeah, probably something along them lines. Bring this shit yeah. to Sacramento and be like, you guys, get this going. We need to get change going there should on. There's a number of things that no matter what the status is, the police should do it in any case. Yeah. They get, you know. And it should be like, they cannot classify somebody as a runaway unless there's evidence yeah, pointing yeah, that way. Exactly. It's exactly. not, not everybody is a runaway until exactly. proven otherwise. Exactly, that shouldn't be the case. Not at all. Uh, so. Given those that may be abducting them too much time to... Yeah, get away, get rid of evidence. Exactly. <laughs> I agree on that for sure. The Bill of Rights, though. Mm-hmm. I earlier had said that I have a friend up there that had worked on some of the grows for the season. Mm-hmm. And so what he was telling me is there's a group of Laotians, there's a group of Russians... There is a group of the locals, the locals you know, yeah. people that have always lived there. Uh-huh. And then he's not sure if they're Mexicans. He thinks they're Mexicans. Oh, but yeah, so I maybe mean, we'll say Hispanic because we don't know at this point. Um, and they're all up there. And these ones are doing it outlaw style. They are not paying taxes. They are not above ground on it. <laughs> But where, you know, stuff, underground stuff like that, crime comes like that. And I guess each of these groups import a bunch of girls to do the trimming. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Yeah, and I guess the Laotians are known to import, un, uh, what do they call it, like undocumented? Oh, okay. Undocumented workers. Um, and I guess when the Laotian girls, if they disappear, nobody oh, says anything. Yeah, nobody yeah. knows. Oh, wow, well, yeah. Nobody gets oh, wow. recorded missing, <laughs> and you know, oh, you just lost in the sauce, huh? Yeah, and that's so scary to me. Oh, wow. So, that is a whole another thing. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely a story there. I mean, I know there is. I know there's, like, money laundering oh, and shit. all of that. Oh, so. Shit. It has to be. I mean, you're growing, you know, pounds and pounds of marijuana. You're not paying taxes, so that means everything is sold under the table. That means cash under the table, which kind of sucks because those counties really need the tax money for their schools, the hospitals, the police, infrastructure. And when you go legit, when you're growing marijuana, you pay thousands of dollars up front. Oh, tell me so you know if and then if you're i hear also with some of the illegal grows they kind of destroy the land (laughs) yeah they litter they not only litter but yeah exactly the chemicals they use i guess they run generators and there's always diesel spills stuff like that so there's like a whole set of problems that's coming with the outlaw style of doing it you know it's Back in the day when we had no choice, that was one thing to go outlaw grow. But now it's like you can go legit, you can get the protection of the law, and be an upstanding citizen. Kind of, yeah. Um, but I don't know, these groups still aren't doing that. So I don't know why the sheriffs aren't all on that, because uh, that's money to be had. Yeah, well, I think they said the, 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 the 
offers it up there, and the sheriff department up there have been uh, stepping up their uh, raids lately. Yeah. A lot of uh, roads are getting raided if you ain't got your paperwork all together. Uh, I read that. I think uh, it's called uh, camp. And I, yeah. I'll look it up, but I don't remember what the camps. Check this out. No, no, Operation no. Green Sweep was a series of drug raids conducted by over 200 United States Army soldiers, National Guardsmen, federal agents, and this was in Humboldt County, California. Uh, the operation was the first time active duty troops were used to combat marijuana growing in the United States. Okay. The Army. Wow. They mean business. Really? They're like, we're going to kick your asses for growing some herbs up there. So that was back in 1990, though. Um, the operation was led by the Bureau of Land Management, and it had 60 drug law enforcement agents, 110 National Guardsmen, 60 regular U.S. Army soldiers from the 7th Inf Infantry Division, um, and that's the same unit that was used in the invasion of Panama during the previous December. Um, yeah, that was the first time the government had ever used military force against its own citizens in a drug operation. Wow, that's crazy. I had no idea that they'd ever used our own troops against us. Oh, yeah.